Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. Welcome back to uh, Star Trek. Welcome. <laughs> I don't know what's up with me, man. Uh, welcome back to Star Trek with Aaron and Polly, where we're still talking about uh, Star Trek Picard Season 3. <laughs> yes, we are. You, you Are you okay over there, Aaron? I, I'm, I'm okay. I promise I'm okay. Okay. Are the drugs kicking in? Is that what's happening? I hope so. I hope that's what's happening. It's either that or the aneurysm. It's one or the other. <laughs> one or the other. We'll find out in the next 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. But, you know, Paul, I was traveling for business this week, and okay. uh, I don't know about you, but uh, when I am uh, availing myself of, of Uber, mm-hmm. I'm not really a conversational kind of guy. You know, oh, no. I'd really just rather the guy drive and, and I'm good. You know, we can ride in silence, right? I mean, I'm fine with like, hey, how are you? How was your day? Like, yeah, yeah, let's be polite. I'm good. And yeah, that's we're, it. We're Move human along. beings in the world together. We can be polite, but we don't need to have a conversation. I, I don't disagree. Well, I was I, I was uh, taking an Uber uh, to my meeting and the guy is chatty Cathy. I mean, he... Oh, no. I mean, he is asking me questions. He's, I mean, just really, you know, we're, we're, we are having a conversation. And here's the funny thing. I had a delightful time. It was a huh? great conversation. We got there and I arrived and, you know, I was like, oh, well, well you know, thanks for the conversation. He goes, yeah, you too. I really enjoyed getting to know you, yada, yada. So we had this nice little visit and whatnot. And I'm, I'm marveling to myself because I hate that stuff. I absolutely hate it on the average. I mean, like, I don't want my, my, my barber talking to me. You know, I want to go in. I want to say, you know, I'm not trying to hide a bald spot. I like it short. Get after it. <laughs> you know? And, I mean, that is that is really the extent of the conversation. You know? A little bit thinner on the sideburns. You know? That kind of thing. <laughs> but I, I don't want to have a whole conversation. We don't know each other. We don't need to know each other. Just, you know, do the thing. Delightful yeah. time. I had a yeah. delightful time. And <laughs> Did so, you guys exchange numbers? Are, are you I, are you Facebook? I swear, or? I swear, I almost handed him my business card because I'm like, this guy needs to work on our marketing team. I mean, he, I mean, for for me to be somebody who is so predisposed to not having those kinds of conversations, uh, and the fact that he drew me out and we had just a really you know delightful conversation, I was like, this guy needs to be in sales. This guy needs to be working for us. I mean, I was going to hire him for the IOM Geek Marketing Department, Paul. I like it. I like it. We yeah. can't afford him. But, yeah, well, uh, most likely, yeah. He will likely. have to keep his day job. Uh, <laughs> He'll have to keep his Uber job. Uber. Yeah. Um, but but, but uh, what's funny is right. that I got I got in the car after, you know, got my, got my Uber to get me back to the hotel. And I hop in the car and I'm ready for another rip-roaring conversation. And I'm like, hey, how are you tonight? And I get, uh. Okay. 
I guess I know how this is going. <laughs> All of a sudden, you get what you want. That's right. And you're like, That's right. oh. That's right. Oh, I want to. You, you should have gotten his name. I wonder if you can specially request an Uber. I've never done such a thing. I, can you do such a thing? I don't uh-huh. think you can. I think, I think it's catch as catch can. You know, I don't know if the option is still there, but I do know when I go to major metropolitan areas sometimes mm-hmm. and order an Uber, there is actually like a selection that you can choose if you want a chatty Uber drive. Oh, really? Or if you want to ride in silence. Huh. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Like level of, I think it's like level of conversation and you can go like <laughs> from wow. none to high. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a great feature. They should have that in all aspects of life. Right. If I could get that in, you know, like family members. <laughs> in, in every, in every interaction I have, if there's yeah. just a dial, <laughs> the right. volume I'm, of conversation. I'm going to go ahead and dial this down. <laughs> But not this podcast. This podcast is a high yeah. level of conversation. Yeah. Can, can I can I mute this relationship? <laughs> <laughs> well, Aaron, you know, I was I was just reading before the podcast, and I don't know if you were aware, but now, but I'm I'm going to make you aware. Oh dear. And our dear listeners who who may not have uh, Paramount Plus, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but you know, you may be listening to it just because you like the sound of our to- of our voices. You know, I, I think some people use this as uh, as their 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 pre bed ritual to lull them mm-hmm. to sleep. Like like when we were in college and had like the sex mixtape. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, just like, like when we were in college. You don't ha- you don't have a special sexy time playlist? <laughs> no, now 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 it's just it, silence. If you could, <laughs> <laughs> I turned down the dial on that conversation. <laughs> my in my uh, in my Amazon Music, I have a playlist called Special Adult Time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Go ahead, it's Paul. all Sade. Um, <laughs> well, on YouTube, <laughs> if you want to know what the hell we're talking about, the first episode of this season of Picard that we talked about in last week's episode, titled The Next Generation, is free. Free 99. The full episode is on YouTube right now as you listen to this. It won't be available ad infinitum or infinite whatever it won't be available forever but it's available now (laughs) and you thought i was the one having the stroke i might be um it's the stroke cast with aaron and polly now that's your special adult time there you go um that's your asmr yeah so the next generation the full you know episode that we talked about last week is available right now on youtube just go to the paramount plus youtube channel and check it out do Very exciting. Very exciting. But the second episode's not. And we're going to talk about the second episode. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, yeah uh, Star Trek uh, Picard, episode yes. two, Disengage. Um, were you disengaged, Paul? I was, I was very engaged okay. during the episode, actually. So, you know, we, episode one ended in the cliffhanger that Picard has. I Picard and Riker are on um, the ship with uh, Beverly, Beverly Crusher's son. On the on the Elios. On the Elios, which I don't. Did you notice the name of the shuttle that they took that was docked to the Elios? I did not. The Savic. Ah. Yes. I mean, it got destroyed in the second episode. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the um, you know they're they're docked to the Elios, and uh, you know the 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 main villain has made herself known, and she comes out, and you know she's she it's Amanda Plummer, Christopher Plummer's daughter, Christopher Plummer's daughter. Um, I don't recall her character's name. Vladik. Vladik. 
Yeah. You know, and blah, uh, blah, she's Vlad, <laughs> blah. Sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> just just sounds Eastern European. It, it does. Well, she kind of looks Eastern European a little well, bit. Well, she certainly has the, you know, creepy European, you know, cigarette smoking going on. She does. I mean, she, she does. She could be, you know, hardcore Eastern European. She's got a little bit of a country accent, though. There was a there was a, uh, a weird accent. She was the, the accents definitely seemed an affectation, mm-hmm. you know, like when she was over pronouncing uh, Cap, uh, Admiral Picard's name, Captain Jean-Luc Picard. I, I, I played that twice to hear her go <laughs> Picard. I'm like, did she really do that? She yes, did. She did. Picard. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the uh, I, I, I really appreciated the throne like captain's chair she has mm-hmm. you know, the, the super high back captain's chair i was like you know that that, that tells you a lot about the person <laughs> you know i, when, I mean when, my 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 captain's chair would be even more elaborate i'm sure of course it would of course it would yeah <laughs> I got, you know, we were talking last week when when her ship the the shrike shows up right and it it's a pretty gnarly looking ship and, you know, looks threatening, evil, you know, uh, looks like it's going to do mean things. Mm-hmm. Does not look like a ship of peace. Does not look like something you send out on a diplomatic mission. It looks like something that's made to, you know, tear up that stuff. And when you see the inside of it, you know, we were saying last week that, that we thought, you know, kind of maybe a Romulan design. You know, it had, it had some. Yeah, that Romulan like, uh, Star Trek Kelvin verse. Yeah, it had that that Star Trek 2009 look of Nero's ship, his mining ship. Um, anyway, when it, we get to see inside, and I still, I'm not sure that these design elements are meaningful, but it sure had a Klingon look to it to me. It does. Now I don't feel like uh, now what's what's it Vladik? Yes, Vladik. Now Vladik's uh, hench people are, are are pretty much all masked, mm-hmm. so we don't know. Yeah, we got yeah, no idea. We're dealing with Klingons or Romulans or what. Yep. Did you know that the her ship, the Vladik, the set is a redress of the uh, oh the shit the, <laughs> the ship that Rafi's on. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Which is why they do they play so much with the light so that you can't see you know that the uh, that the sets are the same. Well, I mean, it's a different. It, they, it, it, you know, they just use a different screen behind them too, right? On, right. on that in the in the volume. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they they they've turned some stuff around, but it's it's essentially the same set. Oh, huh. So I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Did yeah. you did you notice it or did you read no. it? No, no, I thought they did an excellent job dressing that set because I, I I have never liked the set for what is the name of that ship? The previous Picard ship. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I keep wanting it to call garbage, it the, the Rosinante, but that's from The Expanse. Um, but it looked like a ship from the Rosinante, from uh, The Expanse, right? Yeah. I, that's why my head keeps going there. Wasn't it the it No, it wasn't the Cerritos. <laughs> I'm thinking of a different thing. Never mind. <laughs> it's not the Cerritos. It's not the Cerritos. Um, but the, you know, it didn't, didn't look like a starship, a Star Trek ship to me. And when we cut over to Vladik's ship, you know, with that real, you know, atmospheric quality around it, 
again, made me feel like we were inside a Klingon ship because you, you get a lot of those same kind of feels mm-hmm. inside a Klingon, like a bird of prey or something. Uh, I, I immediately felt like we were in Star Trek, right? <laughs> Yeah. And I, I don't think that some of the set design last season was as successful in that, but uh, I, I dug it. I dug it. Yeah. It now, was the Stargazer, by the way. No, no, no. The not the Federation ship. The 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 ship that Rafi and uh, yeah, wasn't that the Stargazer? Because it was uh, the Excelsior. That was the, the, that oh, the was La Serena. La Serena. Thank you, the La Serena. Thank yes. you. Yes. Yes. All right. Problem solved. Good show. Pat. I can, I, Good show. I can sleep easy tonight. <laughs> Um, I, Amanda Plummer, I'm hoping grows on me in this role because she does a whole lot of scene chewing in the times that we see her in episode two. Mm -hmm. Um, she's going big and I appreciate that. I just haven't seen enough of her yet to really appreciate why. You know, yeah, I mean, well, she, I mean, Christopher she seems Plummer to, went big and it worked for him. Right. And yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you had more time with him, you know, and, and I'm sure we're going to give we got eight more episodes. I'm, yeah. I know we're going to get more time with her. But, you know, she just came out of the box, you know, turned up to 11. Whereas, you know, General Kang, I think, is who he played. Yes. Who, who Christopher Plummer paid, played in Star Trek six. You know, he got to ramp up to that. Yeah. Right. And so she just comes out of the box loud. And I'm like, I, what, I don't know. I don't know about this. You know, the weird pronunciation, her knowing everybody's backstory. See, I like uh, that. I'm like, you know, for I actually I am not an Amanda Plummer fan. Um, You know, the, uh, she's been in Pulp Fiction. I, I just I, I she's kind of one of those actresses that um, or actors, I should say, that just has a screen presence that I'm like, ah. <laughs> Amanda Plummer's in this kind of like um, the 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 actor who plays um, in Lost in Space the oh yeah the doctor yeah yeah Doctor Smith yeah uh, who's who's her face I don't care for her at all yeah yeah but the but she but I think that that's what they thrive yeah. on right they play yeah. characters that you don't like and so thus in turn just by that's seeing right. them like if if Amanda Plummer played. The hero, I, it would be a hero I probably yeah, wouldn't like because I'm 99% um, on on negative Amanda Plumber feelings because she's always played some type of a villainous character. That's a really great comparison because both of those actors are strike a dissonant note, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's always something just a little bit wrong about them. Um, and I, I I agree with you. I, I I think that's exactly how Amanda Plummer comes off. You know, you know that you, number one, you know, Parker you know Posey she, is the other actress. I'm yes, Parker to. Posey. And I mean, I, everything I've ever seen Parker Posey in, I've, she's always had me on edge. Yeah. Um, and while I really like her role in Lost in Space, I agree. I think that that you know she is one of those actors who who brings a certain dissonance to the performance. And I think Amanda Plummer does that exact thing here. Mm-hmm. And I'm eager to see more of her. I'm not I'm not saying that. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually, I for me, I thought she made a pretty solid first impression. She, I, I think, to your point, in that she came in at an elevated level, mm-hmm. whereas some of the previous Star Trek villains start on a lower level and get elevated. Um, she came in at that higher level. I, I, I found her interaction with the crew. Um, she, she is a talkative villain. She is. Um, yeah. but I found her interaction with the crew honestly very similar to, to some of the, the prior Star Trek villains that we've appreciated, mm-hmm. right? Like Jeff yeah. Kang. Um, so I, I, I'm hopeful, even though I, again, I, Amanda Plummer always kind of sets me on edge, but I think mm-hmm. it works in this. And honestly, she, the, the makeup effects on her, if you hadn't told me that was Amanda Plummer, I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, so it, it's, it's, you know, I, I think she is doing a, a, a good job at 
what she has been hired to do, which is make you feel uneasy. Why does she know that Picard is a sin? Yeah, right? th- those are those are big questions because, you know, that can't be like public information, right? Yeah. I mean, not everyone's going to know that, you know, Admiral Picard is an android now. Yeah. And um, why does she know about, um, you know, the the the, cap- the current captain mm-hmm. um, of the Titans, you know, mental health history? Yeah, Captain well, and Stanley, I could see right? if if he is operating in sectors of space that she's working in, yeah, you'd want to know who that guy is, but he doesn't. They ran out this way on a lark, right? Yeah. So it's weird to me that she's got all this information on him. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure we're gonna figure out, find out what that's all about, right? Mm, I, I, um, I hope so. <laughs> but can I say something about this episode sure. uh, after after the great big buildup from episode one? Uh, the next generation. I felt like episode two, Disengage, was not nearly as full of cool stuff. It disengaged. I, it, yeah, well, I don't want to come off and say that I didn't enjoy the episode, but it did not feel as as full of story mm-hmm. as the other as the other episode did. In fact, you know, you get this big big buildup about you know Jack Crusher. Uh, not Beverly Crusher's, you know, former husband, deceased husband, uh, but her uh, son, her baby boy, Jack Crusher. Um, you know, you find out that that's that's what this guy's name is, and you know, we're all asking the question at the end of episode one. We're all counting counting years on our fingers, going, eh, "It's probably John Luke's kid." And Riker's immediately in with it, which I love yeah. about. It. He's like, uh, "Yeah." Are, 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 you, are we are not going to talk about are this? We not talk about this. <laughs> like this kid's clearly your son. Yeah. yeah. He even talks like you for some strange reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he inherited your accent. Yeah. Um. It, I felt like that was going to pack a bigger punch in this episode. And while I loved the nonverbal communication between Beverly and Jean Luc at the end of the episode, that she that he doesn't have to say, "Well, is he my kid?" It's just a glance. Yeah. And you know, the glance she provides back, you know, tells him everything he needs to know, and it it cements his action. But I felt like the journey from the beginning of the episode to that moment is a bunch of spinning our wheels. And I groaned every time we cut back to planet uh, Metallus, Metallus Prime. Yeah, uh, with Rafi. To, to the Rafi story. Every time. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And then... You know, she takes the the bump of cocaine, you know, to prove she's a co- to prove she's not a cop. I I need Rafi to be smarter. You know, yeah. I don't need to I don't need to a whole detox story around Rafi because as we set, shared last time, Rafi come lifts right out. You yeah. don't really need Rafi. Yeah, other than the introduction of Worf, which we all kind of called. You're right. Um, right. You know, and Worf I, is her handler. Okay, we knew that. And let me gripe one more one more thing. There is this terrific entry where Worf comes in and cuts up all the bad guys, you know, beheads uh, the the evil Ferengi guy. Sneed, yeah. But we never see that. You never see that it's definitively Worf. The the reveal that it's Worf happens after all the action dies off. I thought that was a mistake. Yeah. Because we all knew it was Worf. I think we would have all appreciated seeing Worf do the cool stuff versus the cool stuff happens – and then it's revealed that it's Worf. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wanted to see – I didn't want to see, you know, a bunch of shaky cam, you know, stuff happening, all, you know, point of view kinds of things and, you know, limbs being severed and heads coming off. I want to see all that, but I want to see Worf doing those things. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't want the, uh, hey, guess what? It's me. It's a me. It's a me, yeah. Warfio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was frustrated by that. Yeah, especially because it is, again, it's one of those things that we knew. It's a reveal yeah. that, you know, that, that the episode ended with that reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we knew it was coming. And maybe what, what, what's funny is, you know, they very much have advertised this show as Worf has taken a, a declaration of peace, right? Nonviolence, a vow of nonviolence. I think is what what they've said. You know where where we find Worf in this series, and I'm like, I don't feel like that was either lying to us or or, yeah. or something horrible or or, or Worf yeah. immediately broke his vow. Right. Um, you know, the first time we see him on screen. Now, don't get me wrong, Worf looks cool. It was a great scene. Um, I don't know if you I, if you caught this, I, but Sneed, uh, the guy who the actor who played Sneed, Aaron Stanford. Also played Pyro in the uh, Brian Singer X Men movies. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I felt like I knew him, but I couldn't figure out from where. Yeah, it was great to see a Ferengi. Honestly, we, uh-huh. I, I don't remember the last time we've seen a Ferengi in live action. Yeah. Um, I really yeah, I, that we've seen a Ferengi in live action. I think it's been that. since uh, Voyager. Yeah, would be my guess in, in one of the guess because you know you'd think it would be Deep Space Nine was the last time, but I think it's probably Voyager in one of the. Uh, uh, last seasons of voyager yeah i think you're right so it was, it was great to it, it just it felt a little like uh oh Ferengis. Yeah. i love Ferengis. yeah uh, you know I, I i will object to the Ferengis use of the word god damn it i did catch that too i was like huh and i was like that seems unnecessary you know we, <laughs> it also feels out of place right like Ferengis yeah. have human cuss words yeah, that's what I mean. It's just like, come on. And you know, he did say that he's a fan of of you know Earth, uh, pop culture and whatnot. And if you hold on to it long enough, it becomes vintage, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I I just I didn't care for that. I I am of the school that I'm fine with Star Trek using swears. I need it to have it make a good a there to be a good reason for yeah it. agreed you know um you know, the, the same is violence i mean we've talked about this in the in in relation to discovery right um right you know with with profanity but in the same way with i i'm, I'm a little torn and i'm wondering how other fans feel about you know the introduction of wharf being as violent as it is right like right. beheading stabbing limbs flying like that's that's a level of violence not often seen in star trek and i'm wondering how fans feel about it because i while i liked the scene i was like huh but that's yeah. Worf, though. Like, I, I didn't I have a problem with it. PG violent, not not R violent. Well, I like the idea that Worf is competent. Yeah. Because we didn't get to see a lot of that, particularly in Next Generation. He was always the guy getting, you know, thrown off stage and, you know, uh, taken out first, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, couldn't shoot straight. Um, I like the idea that we're going to represent Worf as competent because we always say that he is, but we rarely get to see it. Mm-hmm. I wonder... Yeah, you know, Michael Dorn is is one of the younger members of the cast. Um, I wonder though if some of the reason we didn't get to see him be, you know, action wharf is due to the age thing. You know, that is, is he moving too stiffly to have done some of that stuff? I don't think huh? so. Yeah, and I, I, I think he's in pretty good that. shape. But I, I I wonder why they shot that scene like they did because they had to have seen the same thing I did. Like, wouldn't it be better to see Worf doing the cool stuff? Yeah, you'd think so. So, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I was overall, I was disappointed in this episode, Paul. You know, really? I, I, yeah, I just, I felt like we spun our wheels too long with, you know, the conversation in the brig with, between Jean-Luc and Jack. Um, it felt like we were just killing time. Like when, when Vladek says, I'll give you an hour and then you'll give me Jack Crusher or I'll just, you know, shoot your ship. 
Um, I always feel like when the villain gives you that kind of time, there's really no good reason for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like when Khan gives Kirk all that time, I'm like, why? Why not just say, yeah, either send it to me now or I'm going to blow your ship up. I mean, I don't understand that. Because all you're doing is giving, the, giving the, the hero time to solve a problem. And I will say, frequently in Star Trek, one of my complaints is things aren't happening fast enough in terms of the action. And I don't understand why Captain Shaw's shields were down while having the conversation with Vladek, you know, and when she ultimately throws the Elios at, uh, which was at the pretty cool, honestly, that was a cool scene. Yeah. And I mean, I love that scene, but why weren't the shields already up? And, you know, he announces, it seems like he announced evasive maneuvers or ordered evasive maneuvers about half a second too late. Yeah. You know, when they, when they saw what was happening, I don't know why evasive maneuvers weren't the first thing. And in the effect, you know, you see Titan just barely moving. I would have preferred you to see that, you know, immediately Titan is dipping. And the reason why they, they weren't more savagely injured was because they had been able to move more, you know, that they had been yeah. able to get out of the way a little bit. I just, it's just one of those things. Like, I want to see things happen faster. You know, but I think we, um, I, one of the themes, dear listener, one of the themes that you'll hear out of my, my my mouth as we talk about this this Picard season is something I said last time, which is I'm, I want to I, I want to know why this wasn't just a two and a half hour long movie <laughs> versus, you know, 10 hours of television. And so that that's a theme that you'll hear right through. I'm just going to warn you. That's a theme that you'll hear for the next nine weeks. Um, you know, as we go through this season, because I very much feel like if you trim the fat off of these two episodes, you have one solid episode. Um, you know, it, I, I feel like we, the, the, you know, the, the, the Jack Crusher reveal, the Wharf reveal, those are all things that we kind of knew right off the bat. And if you yeah. just remove some of the artificial drama about Shaw being an asshole and causing delays there, or about giving them an hour to hand over Jack Crusher, like those are things that really just kind of move the cheese. Mm -hmm. To get to the same point as if they had never happened at all. Um, well, I, I, to your point, I, uh, I agree. I think that you could have had a a ninety minute first episode or an eighty minute first episode that hits all the same beats and eliminates a lot of what I felt like a, us just running on a treadmill, you know, in this episode. Because I, every time it cut to Rafi, I was like, oh, please. Yeah. You know, can can we just not? Um, and I hate that because she's such a big part of this show. I, I hate that I dislike her so much. Um, I, 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 I'm really, really down on that. Yeah. No, I, I understand. And I, I, I very much feel the same about Rafi. I feel like um, her... Yeah, I, I'm hoping that her her presence in this season justifies itself other than the fact that it introduced Worf. Right. Well, and I'm like, why couldn't Worf have just been the undercover agent? Exactly. You know? Aaron, now you're talking like me. Because in a two and a half hour long movie, <laughs> Worf would have just been a member of Section 31. Yeah. And we no, I agree. I, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Because I'm like, you know, th is this just a vehicle through which we're provided Worf? Because I, really, I can just take my Worf directly. Yeah. I don't I don't need somebody, you know, passing on the Worf to me. Yeah, agreeing. So. But well, I would I, say the episode for me, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a solid episode. It was it, it very much um, just basically progressed the story to the next beat. But it was it was, it was a transitional episode, right? To, to your, when I finished the episode, I very much was sitting there like, 
I don't feel like anything really happened in that episode. And it, and there was stuff that happened, right? We had the Worf reveal. We had the Jack Crusher is actually Picard's son reveal. We had the reveal of the villain. But those are all things that I knew going in right. to the show. So, you know, it to, to me, it feels like it, you know, th- there could have been some condensing there for sure. Now, again, I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing the characters and I always enjoy, you know, again, I'll say it, like I said last week, Rifer is a breath of fresh air on the show. Um, every yeah. time that dude is on camera, he is, um, you know, he is the one moving the story forward, right? Picard sitting, sitting in a room, you know, contemplating his navel. Worf literally wakes Beverly Crusher out of her coma <laughs> and says, yo, is this kid, is this kid Picard? Yeah. Like he's the one who, who's moving that, that story. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that for a moment. You know, Riker walks into sick bay. Well, you know, how how's she doing? Well, Doctor Crusher is you know sedated, but she's going to be okay. She needs rest, and he just reaches over, grabs a hypo spray, and injects her. You know, I'm just like, dude, you're not a licensed physician. It doesn't matter. I know He's you Riker. play doctor at home with doctor with uh, <laughs> Counselor Troy, but it's not the same thing. I like just that. Saying. I liked it. I like that Riker's like, I do not have time yeah. to waste on this crap. Well, you know, he didn't have time to pack any fucks, Paul. No, he left them all at home. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't bring any fucks with me. So. God, yeah, I, I, I am very much enjoying Jonathan Frakes in this show. Yeah, but well, you know, it just seems weird that we've got another uh, boy child for Beverly Crusher when you know uh, Wesley Crusher is uh, you know out there being a, a, a traveler. But Paul, yes, sir. I've been I've been listening to Mr. Wheaton's uh, uh, audio book, his follow up to Just a Geek, still Just a Geek. Okay. And uh, who, who, it's a uh, <laughs> it's rough. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I could have told you that. I didn't read the original. Uh, who. <laughs> I I did not realize that I was going to get into uh, a a what is it a twenty hour book? It is a twenty hour audio book, and most of which is him telling you the same story over and over again. I know some people will listen to this and say, "Oh, Aaron's just not very sensitive uh, to Will Wheaton's uh, particular situation," and no, I am. It's the fact that it's the only thing he knows how to talk about for 20 hours. Oof. Yeah, that's It rough. is exhausting. Yeah. Exhausting. I kept thinking, okay, well, we're going to get past this part. How many hours have we been in this part? <laughs> <laughs> how many hours do you have left, Aaron? Yeah. That's God, that's really man. what matters. I think I'm sitting on like two hours left, and I have, I've been I've had two hours left on this thing all week long. I just haven't been able to get back to it. I'm just I can't I can't. <laughs> I, I just can't. <laughs> two hours. You made it through eighteen yeah. hours. You can you can plow through the end. I know I know, but I'm just like oh god. I just I'm gonna open a vein. Sorry, trigger warning. <laughs> trigger warning. One of the things that he does in the book drives me crazy. You know he wrote. The, he originally wrote the book in 2004, and he wrote it with a 2004 sensibility, which means, you know, he used phrases to describe something as stupid. He might call it gay, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might have made a joke, made a joke about the Hooters waitress boobs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in his narrative observation, and he 
in his intro to the book, he says, "Hey, I apologize. You know, uh, I was I I was not the same. I'm not the same person now that I was then when I wrote this. Uh, but you know, my editor encouraged me to keep it all in so that I could comment on it. And so you know, please understand. And he has this really great intro to the book talking about how he doesn't communicate. He doesn't he doesn't use those types of words anymore. And he understands that you know, women don't exist just to be objectified and leered at by men. Yada yada." So it's it's all that kind of just I, I think very sensitive uh, uh, communication about how he used to communicate, and I appreciate that. What I do not appreciate in his book is that every time he says something, and and, and what is, this is a collection of blog posts from around 2004. Um, every time he says something like that, he then footnotes it and talks about it for five ten minutes about why that's not appropriate. And how that's not cool. Mm. And I'm like, and so when it happens all the time in his writing, he literally breaks narrative to then expound on how he's not that person anymore. And so every time he has said something about, you know, referring to something as lame, you know, and, and saying, you know, well, you know, that's ableist, his word. Um, he makes it, you know, so every time he talks about, he, he, he uses a word to describe some group of people. He'll come in and he'll explain why that's not the right thing to do anymore and yada yada. But he uses the term redneck pretty loosely at one point in the book. Hmm. And at no point does he stop and say, that's not an appropriate description of people. You know, there are some people who embrace the term redneck and they self-identify as redneck. But there's a whole other group of people who do not find that a flattering term. And I, I was like, huh, interesting, uh, interesting corners where you're sensitive to how you're referring to people. Yeah. Will. I, I, I got, I got, because I'm a Texan and I have on occasion been lumped in as redneck before, I was sensitive to that. And I was like, huh, interesting how your sensitivity doesn't flow in all directions, just in certain directions. I guess Will's still working on that. <laughs> just saying. Well, well, when he's writing, I, I, whatever, I'm a geek ever still, or whatever the hell the third <laughs> book will be called. Um, you know, he'll get into that. Yeah. But but anyway, it, 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 oh, go ahead. It is a it is a terrible book. Just saying. <laughs> just to just to wrap that piece up, it's yeah. terrible. Uh, yeah. Don't waste your twenty hours. But if you do have extra money and extra time, um, the Star Trek Next Generation movie collection is coming out on 4K Blu-ray in April, um, just in time for First Contact Day. Uh, they'll be released April 4th, and it features all four of the Next Generation films, when it probably should have just been five if you had just done Picard season three <laughs> as a movie. Um, <laughs> um, maybe, maybe Paul, you could make a super cut when it's all when it's all said and done. You know, it's, there's there's an actor that's actually supposedly really good at doing super cuts of movies. I, I have to look up um, who he is because he did like a super cut of the Star Wars uh, prequel trilogy and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll do a super cut of. I, I bet you. I mean, I'm not talented nor am I patient enough to do that. But if I wanted to or could. <laughs> I'm sure someone could put together a decent, you know, three hour supercut of Picard season three. We'll sure. see. We'll see. Sure. The challenge is out there for you people. Um, you but go. in the meantime, you can watch the other four next generation films, um, on 4K. I, you know, I, I probably won't be purchasing this because I already have the films on, on so many, um, pre prior media and they're available streaming, which has really diluted my desire to purchase right. physical media. 
Um, right. They're on some streaming service at all times. I, you know, I, I, I do have a desire to see some of the stuff in 4K, but, um, you know, I, I, I have not heard an investment in refinishing these or whatever you call it, um, you know, just right. revitalizing these movies. Remastering. Remastering. I have not really heard of, of a, an initiative to, to invest in remastering these movies. So I don't know that will, you know, it, the, the 4K will be worth the squeeze on that. Yeah, there's only one of them I want. First and contact. that's first contact. Yeah. You know, if if they were to do like a special director's cut or something fully remastered, yeah, I'd be down for that. I don't really need. To, I've got them on Blu-ray already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really need the rest of them uh, in 4K. I really like Generations. I you know, um, but Oof. but I do. I I, I I have a soft spot for Generations. Now, of course, agreed. First contact is 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 the the one worth owning. But yeah, you know, again, I. It is readily accessible without even getting up off the couch. Very good. Well, hey, we want to know what you thought about Disengage. Give us a call, 682-800-3494. That number, once again, 682-300-849. I know I've got that wrong. Yeah, you, you said it differently. <laughs> I think it was 3494, wasn't it? Yeah, 3494. Yeah, don't listen to me. It's 682-800-3494. That's what I said. Yeah, exactly. I heard all three times, I heard it the same way. Uh, <laughs> you can also hit us up on social media, I O M geek on facebook instagram or twitter all right well uh i am hoping i enjoy episode three a whole lot more it's gonna be a uh jonathan frakes joint paul oh really okay he directs three and four all right i'm excited well i'm excited and i have also heard three and four are fantastic so uh i i'm a little concerned that my hopes are up but uh, i am i'm eager for three and four all right well you know what happens when your hopes are up I know. They are, they are dashed. Yeah, way easier to dash. Dashed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to see if I can wrap up the last uh, hour or two of this uh, Will Wheaton book. All right. Well, I'm going to go so catch up with my Yellowstone so we can talk about 1923. Jellystone. Yeah, it's hard for me not to give you some spoilers today, today Paul. Yeah, no. We're, we're going to talk about it on next week's show, so you can look for uh, it as well. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> see you then. Very good. All right, bye. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 682-800-3494. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. 